three, two, one. From down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious. The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. And we are back with another episode of Buzzardry. It is September 29th, Wednesday night at the time of this recording. My name is Ben Milam. I'm joined by my partner, Patrick McGee. Patrick, how you doing? Doing all right. Glad to be on. Eagles take on Rice this weekend, first conference matchup of the year. And uh, it's a big one. I feel like we say that every single week. But, uh, man, this, this is a huge game as far as, uh, you know, if, if you want to get to that six wins, this is a game you're going to have to win. And, um, and so we'll talk a little bit about the Rice, preview them briefly, uh, and then we have got plenty to talk about, once again, um, in terms of conference realignment. And we will also take some questions, got some really good cues um, from some of our listeners, and we will get to those. So let's, uh, let's get to this Rice game Patrick, first impressions, what are you looking for in this game? Yeah, well, I, I think, like you said, if you're going to get to six wins, if you still think that's any possibility, you got to win this one because you still have to play at UTSA, at La Tech, and you get UAB at home. Those are going to be three games where you're going to be – or you would think you'd be pretty significant underdogs at this point. Uh, and you look at Rice, I mean, they have not been impressive thus far. They're one and three. You know, that week one game they played Arkansas tough. Um you know, maybe that was some weird week one weirdness or something. I mean, they still ended up losing that game by 21, all the, even though it was kind of a competitive 21. But then they lost, uh, what was it, 44-7 like to Houston, who isn't really good. Houston, I think, is 2-2 two and two with, with the win over Grambling and a very close win over a Navy team that's much more or way down from where they usually are. And then um, lost big to Texas and then um, had that win against a competitive game against Texas Southern, who – I mean, Prairie View A&M played uh, – or Texas Southern played Prairie View A&M uh, – or, sorry, Texas Southern played Rice um, closer than they did uh, Prairie View A&M, right. um, another kind of swack seller dweller. Uh, so I think you just kind of look at those things and you think it is a, a very winnable game uh, on the road. And coming off of the Alabama game, too, when we, we talked about it, we saw the, the positives and felt like maybe the offense took a step forward and, you know, they're – you take that maybe with a grain of salt, uh, but better offensive performance um, against a, a really, really good defense, to say the least, in Alabama. And Ataki showed some good things, and he's obviously got a lot to improve. Uh, you know, Coach Hall has talked about that, and, you know, Ty would, I'm sure, say the same thing. But but felt like you saw some some steps forward in that game. And so this, yeah, this, this to me is if you are going to be – competitive in conference throughout the conference schedule you know aside from those really tough games UTSA LaTeX UAB are the, the big ones if you were even going to compete through the rest of the schedule and yes you know you expect improvement throughout the year week to week especially with a freshman quarterback but I think this again I feel like I say this every single week but this is the measuring stick game to me I think I think this is where you figure out: Are you going to be able to be competitive 
in conference play against yet you know the the best competition you're going to see, and even those those other teams you know that you feel like you should win, uh, and one of those being Rice, you have FAU, North Texas, and and so yeah, I think you have to make a big jump this week, and Rice is going to throw some different things at you. I think they're tough to defend. Went back and watched some of that. Uh, Texas Southern game that it's score yes it was a two touchdown game but it really was never all that close uh, right yeah I think they might have scored a Texas Southern might have scored a, kind of a late touchdown but yeah, yeah. but it been and, and but you're you're exactly right I mean to, to give up 34 to Texas Southern and, and the strength was expected to be the defense for Rice a little bit of a similarity there um, to Southern Miss is the defense was supposed to be you know the strong part a strong unit for rice and the offense was what was the concern for them and the offense has really you know been pretty good luke mccaffrey comes in gets banged up and, and didn't start last week uh constant uh, jake constantine i think is his name started against texas southern he's kind of a journeyman guy who's at weber state i believe um for the last two years and yeah uh, I'll, or go ahead is a, is no, a graduate no. transfer and yeah what were we gonna say i was gonna say i, I was gonna they have have they been doing like a dual quarterback uh, system? Mm-hmm. Pos- okay. Yeah, yeah, and McCaffrey is is, you know, when he comes in, it's ninety five percent going to be some kind of option. You know, it's it, kind of a Taysom Hillish type guy, um, and so so you know you you sort of know what he's going to do, but it's he's also really hard to defend. He's a great athlete. I don't think he had a throwing attempt against Texas Southern. You can double check me on that. Yeah, let me see. Um, but yeah, and so they're they're gonna throw a lot of multiple looks at you. We've got a couple really good backs, um, both uh, a bigger guy and Montgomery is a smaller guy that um, that I, I remember uh, seeing in that Texas Southern game. And, and so that that defense is gonna be tested again for Austin Armstrong, and um, and you know uh, they kind of brought in that Stanford uh, type system, and it's a little more open than that yeah. um, because they they throw more looks at you than maybe a typical Stanford team would. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's it's a challenge. You're two and a half point favorite. Uh, I'm sorry, two and a half point underdog, and you go into we were talking about before we started recording an environment where you <laughs> you really have to create your own energy, and that's that's going to be tough, especially coming off of. You know, a game of Tuscaloosa. Uh, the natural progression would be so you had um, an increase your, your yards per or your yards per play went up, your points went up against Alabama, mm-hmm. and that was you know obviously Alabama. So you would expect the uh, the natural progression to be for that to continue against Rice, where you can uh, get more chunk plays, put more points on the board. Um, you mentioned uh, two and a half point underdog in uh, Vegas, but I saw S and P plus actually had USM. I believe it's maybe a seven point favorite. Oh wow! I think uh, so. Pretty big uh, diversion from uh, Vegas mm-hmm. and um, the computers. So uh, yeah, and uh, you were talking about the quarterback. So Constantine, I think is the is the guy. He had all twenty three passing attempts. And he was really good too. Yeah, yeah, eight ten, uh, eight ten to twenty three, two seventy one uh, touchdown interception. Then uh, McCaffrey had three. Carries uh, for thirty six, so um, yeah, kind of like a Taysom Hill type, um, you know, maybe not as powerful as a Taysom Hill, but sure, uh, sure. S- similar, yeah, similar idea, and um, yeah, they're gonna bring that. What is it? They, they say the uh, intellectual brutality right. is their a little hashtag. Uh, so yeah, that's right, and and be interesting to see 
Um, because I, I think it's in, it's Southern Miss's two Southern Miss's advantage that they played Texas Southern last week because the quarterback uh, for Texas Southern, uh, I forget his first name, Body is his last name, was phenomenal in high school football in Texas. He is a guy that maybe has some similarities to Ty Keys, uh, probably a little bit more of a running quarterback, had a lot of success running the ball, but. They, from what I saw, the Rice defense did stack the box a, a decent amount and really tried to make him throw it. And you will continue to see that until Ty Keys improves in the passing game. Uh, that's just what it is. That's, that's the look you're going to see uh, against every single defense you play because uh, that's, that's, you know, that's what you do to a guy who hasn't proven that he can throw it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's certainly capable of that, but – um, you've got to show progress in that uh, to beat a good Rice defense. Um, but a, a defense that can be scored on, again, gave up 34 points to Texas Southern. And, um, and it, it, they've been a little sloppy, too. I think they've turned the ball over nine or ten times through four games. And, again, you know, those first three games were, were pretty brutal, a, a brutal stretch to start it. Um, but winnable game, a game that if you want to compete in conference play, you need to win. Yeah, I, I think – you have to beat, or I think people are going to want to see you beat Rice and UTEP. I think uh, yes. those teams are probably toward the bottom of the conference and of the division. Um, and you know, given Rice's rough start, you know, just kind of touching earlier, just yeah, so it's a winnable, it's a winnable game. And if you want to have any kind of chance of an outside chance or an outside shot of a New Orleans bowl in six wins, you got to win this one. You got to win the next one because you still have to play UAB. Um, granted, that's at home, but still a tough game. And then you have to go on the road to La Tech and UTSA. So, um, yeah, this is a, it's a really important game. And I think this is a game where you could see uh, Keys hopefully make some big strides because, you know, his first start went against Troy, um, which I think is, you know, probably better than Rice is. And that was his first start. And then you go up against Alabama. You don't expect much there. So you, you go up against, you know, probably the weakest of the three teams he's played. Um, he has another start under his belt. I think this is the game – or if Keys is going to make any big big improvements, uh, you would kind of start to see that. Um, or big improvements this year, um, you would kind of start to see that um, on Saturday night. So for all you betting people out there, two-and-a-half-point favorite is Rice, but a seven-point underdog on from SP+. Plus, uh, is, yeah, let, which, me, let me double-check about yeah, it. Double-check double that. I know that there is – it is a big difference. I'm not – yeah, because they we were double um, check the exact number. Yeah, let me go on Bill Collins. But that that might be something to to jump on. Let's see. Uh, Bill Connolly says Southern Miss projected margin seven point four. Well, sixty seven percent chance of winning. So about a about a ten point difference. He projects twenty seven to nineteen. Saying, uh, and he usually he usually posts how S S P plus does against uh, the spread and all that kind of stuff and. Uh, I haven't quite looked at that, but it's usually it's usually fairly accurate. Yeah. And so, just depending on how much stock you put into advanced statistics and and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's where you should put your money this weekend if you're a big better on college football. So, uh, big one for Coach Hall and the Golden Eagles. Uh, five o'clock start. Five thirty. Five thirty, I think. Let me five thirty start in there. Houston in the graveyard. Um, yes, five thirty. Okay. On uh, ESPN Plus, I guess. I don't even know. I yeah, believe so. I, think I believe so. that is correct. So, uh, another big one, another big opportunity for the Golden Eagles to make uh, a big improvement 
Um, it says ESPN3, so I'm thinking you might not have to pay for this. Possibly. Don't take my word for that entirely, but it does not have the plus by it. So it might just be uh, one of those free type games. Maybe not. Don't. don't. If you have to pay for it at 530 on Saturday, don't be tagging me on Twitter. Uh, well, that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, now that I said it. but uh, <laughs> I'll call you out if that yeah, happens. Yeah, you should. Uh, just b- before we move on, fun fact, Mike Bloomgren was a GA at Alabama in 2000 when we beat the Oh, Crimson really? Tower. Wow. Yeah. How I about that? came across that um, doing a little prep for this episode. So, fun fact of the week right there, Mike, Bloom- Mike Bloomgren, which he's, he spent, uh, I guess it was three or four years with the Jets, and then he was at Stanford. Yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't know much about his background prior yeah. to um, – prior to Stanford, but yeah. Yeah, yeah and so he, he's uh, – that, that's a high-quality head coach. They're going to they're gonna throw a lot of looks at you that are challenging. So, uh, again, big chance for Southern Miss to uh, go to 1-0 in conference, and like we talked about Sunday, got a, a great chance to go 2-0 if you do make those improvements. So, 5.30 kickoff against Rice. We're going to move on, and this is just going to be a segment of buzzardry. I'm going to say it now. It's a segment <laughs> – we're going to call it, I don't know, we'll come up with a fancy name, but we're going to talk about conference realignment. There's been, it, it seems like, you know, we, we've joked about there's there's some kind of rumor that comes out every week. It seems like there's more of a serious movement towards Southern Miss and the Sun Belt, and, and that connection, you know, has been made over and over again, but now it, it seems to feel like that's becoming a, a real thing. And nothing official yet. Again, just rumors. But that's that's just the perception. Yeah, I mean, if you go to any you know Twitter page or like a Sunbelt message board, it'll be stuff. You know, fan accounts from like App State or Georgia Southern. They'll say, "Oh, it's a done deal." Um, you know, we've had you know the Matt Brown reports and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the timeline that was reported, I guess Monday or Tuesday, um, that the um, AAC was going to add their first two options were going to be Colorado State and Air Force. Mm-hmm. Although there was an article that came out uh, out of Denver maybe today that Air Force, some big donors at Air Force possibly kind of pushing back on that. But I think once you see the AAC make their move, it, I think the thinking is it's going to be Air Force, Colorado State, UAB, and then they'll probably try to take a swing at Army mm-hmm. uh, as that 12th team to unite all three uh, service academies under the same conference banner. And so once that happens, I think um, you could start to see some official rumblings or movement uh, with the Sun Belt. But, yeah, um, right. there's certainly been uh, some strong indications that a, um, a move, a Southern Miss joining the Sun Belt um, could very well happen. Uh, probably if, if it happens, it'll probably be announced sometime um, in October, I would guess. Right. And there's also been – you know, if, if the AAC gets who they want, there's been talk of, of UAB not getting an AAC invite. And that, that's that's a more recent thing, um, and, and that's another uh, probably just a product of all the rumors. And, um, you know, you can take it a lot of different directions. But if UAB does not get the AAC invite, you would love to have them in the Sun Belt. I feel like that would strengthen the Sun Belt a lot to have UAB come with say Southern Miss and Marshall and yeah I, I think that that would be a big boost to have UAB yeah yeah I think well I think the AAC the their four their first four teams they want if, if they had their choice of the four teams it'd be 
Air Force, Colorado State, which it looks like they're probably going to get, and then Boise and San Diego State. Mm-hmm. And Boise and San Diego State don't seem to be totally on board uh, with joining the uh, AAC. They're probably waiting on a Big 12 invite possibly. So that could pave the way for UAB to have a spot right, um, in the AAC. But I think, yeah, if UAB can't get that AAC invite, I mean, I think they would probably be a very strong candidate to join the Sun Belt if they would be interested in doing that. Um, but right, I mean, right now the word seems to be, well, I mean, first of all, we don't know if it's going to be 12 or 14. You know, the first report. Sure, right. The first report we saw was McMurphy said, oh, it's going to be 10 to 12. That was several weeks ago, though. And so the word, if you, you know, believe these random, like, Arkansas State fans on the Sunbelt message boards, they say, oh, it'll be USM is already a lock to join. Mm-hmm. And then Marshall is the preferred 12th team, but they're trying to uh, – get a bunch of Eastern teams in there. They're trying to get like James Madison in there, possibly right. Western Kentucky, maybe old dominion because Marshall prefers a more eastward alignment. They've become a little bit fed up with the, the uh, Texas uh, direction. The conference USA has uh, been moving in. So it sounds like Marshall's being a little, um, I guess, slowing down the process a little bit. If you go by the rumors, which, you know, take those at face value or whatever the, the whatever the phrase is, but, um, yeah, that that seems to be uh, what's going on. But then you know you'll read stuff that says, "Oh, well, UTSA has a shot if they don't get in the Mountain West, or maybe UTSA even prefers the Sun Belt over the Mountain West." I don't know. UTSA is right by um, Texas State, who's already in the Sun Belt, so that would mm-hmm. give them a. Um, they already, I think they play most years, but that would give them a very close uh, conference mate, travel partner, that kind of thing. So yeah, all kind of rumors swirling about the teams, how many teams, what teams, who wants who, and that kind of thing right now. And I'm just waiting for the next Southern Miss to the Big 12 rumor. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> uh, and we'll move into some of these questions because uh, some of them do pertain yes. to conference realignment. Um, got some great questions from the biggest and the best underground Southern Miss fan group uh, out there. Um, not really sure how to identify that group. Um, maybe we'll figure that out in the future. But yeah. first, this first question is, it, it kind of builds off of what we were just talking about. What is, um, what is your ideal, realistic conference for Southern Miss as a result of this conference realignment? Well, realistic, uh, well, I mean, join it, like somehow we joined the, I mean, so before the AAC lost their teams, I mean, you have 11 teams, and like somehow if USM could join and be the 12th team without those teams going to the Big 12, but I guess that's, that's not realistic. So, if you, I mean, you could somehow get like a alignment of like Memphis, Tulane, La Tech, um, Lafayette, East Carolina, um, like South Florida, basically just kind of a it's bunch kind of an all-star. Yeah, I take, I mean, most of the – AAC teams, or at least the ones that we used to play, but like Memphis, ECU, Tulane, take a couple of Sun Belt, um, you know, local teams like a Lafayette, a South Al, um, you know, maybe throwing like Dallas Baptist for baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, that's not going to happen. But uh, if you, if I had it any way I could pick it, that would uh, kind of be the thing. Just take, a, you know, a bunch of old COSA rivals, some close Sun Belt teams, uh do it that way yeah that'd be a lot of fun and i i so i'll I'll go a little bit more just just to speak to what has been talked about and all these rumors of are building towards is so southern miss moved to the sunbelt and so my realistic ideal alignment of the sunbelt is uab gets left out of the a of the aac doesn't get that invite 
And so Southern Miss, Marshall, UAB, Sunbelt, and maybe James Madison, if you you know you you want uh, you, you still want a, a further piece of that Virginia you know northeast uh, southern northeast type market uh, piece. Um, I, I think, and so and, and so on top of that, the AAC takes Colorado State, Air Force, uh, FAU, and UTSA. I think that's the ideal alignment for Southern Miss because I think at that point there's an argument to be made that the Sun Belt is really not that far behind the AAC competitively, and there's. Obviously, the, per- the perception gap is still going to be there, and TV money is going to be different. But that that can change if the competition on the field is, you know, the gap is not that big, or you know, the Sun Belt is is even or passes the AAC up. I think with that alignment, I think that is a possibility because you already have some of those Sun Belt programs that are trending upwards, and UAB same thing trending upwards. Southern Miss gets it turned around. Marshall is certainly capable of that. And it's a regional conference with good fan support across the board. And you have those traditions and some of those rivalries that you didn't have in Conference USA and the AAC doesn't have that. I think the Sun Belt has the advantage. And that, that would be, to me, outside of you know Southern Miss in the Power Five somewhere, um, I think that would be the most ideal alignment, and and it, that's you know not not out of the question for that that kind of movement to happen, and probably won't happen exactly like that. But yeah, that's to me that's the dream realistic scenario um, for Southern Miss specifically. Yeah, I, and I ran the numbers a couple of days ago, just like the four year or five year averages. I think it was four year four year averages of uh, of the uh, hypothetical uh, group of five conferences. And the Sun Belt was basically top of the second with the Mountain West, with the Mountain West declining over the last two years and the Sun Belt going up. Mm-hmm. So it could be a situation where the Sun Belt could be, you know, the, the clear number two. With the AAC, the AAC just has a couple more top-shelf programs at this point still, right, right, right. although that could change the Memphis leaves. But they still have Memphis, who's been really good. SMU's been on the rise. Um, you know, I know um, Navy isn't good this year, but they've been good. So the AAC just has a couple more uh, – teams that have uh, played at a higher level. But, I mean, the Sun Belt, uh, if the way all this shakes out, it could easily be the second-best uh, group of five and maybe possibly the best if uh, the Big 12 further raids, um, you know, the um, AAC and some other teams in the AAC kind of taking those down. So, I, yeah. would, I would even say, you know, if, if even if the AAC stays whole after, after adding those teams that I just mentioned – I think you look to how Conference USA approached realignment and how that that pulled everyone down. Mm-hmm. Even those traditionally successful programs, and obviously there are a lot of factors that go into it, but you take away so many of those rivalries that have been built up in the, in the fan interest with you know those those big three leaving from the AAC, and then you throw in, you know, these these schools away out there, out west, Colorado State, Air Force, and you know, uh, hypothetically San Diego State, somebody like that. I think that I think that hurts the AAC, and so I think I think they, you know, it's it's not it's not out of the question for them to trend downward and some belts to to trend upward, 
and for for that gap uh, to be closed significantly. So that yeah, so that's why I say that that's my most realistic scenario. Uh, that question was from Kyle. Kyle, thank you for the question. Um, Andrew says, are there any positives of staying in Conference USA? Second part of that question, what are the negatives of going to the Sun Belt? Yeah, so I guess the two things I came up with were the uh, academic profile of the Mm -hmm. Sun Belt. So uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with, like, the Carnegie Research ratings. I'm talking about it like it's a dang computer rating, like the rate (laughs) teams or something. But Carnegie (laughs) – uh, the Carnegie Research Institution list, I don't even know how they come up with it. But um, so, see, so they have R1, which is like the highest, R2, which is the next, and R3, which is kind so of... level of research done at the university, right? Basically, basically, yeah. And I don't even know, how, again, I don't know how they calculate it. But um, So in R1, USM is an R1. We, it was a big deal to get R1 a couple of years ago. We had been in R2. Um, and then... R three are kind of smaller universities, kind of like a West Georgia. I'm just thinking West Georgia because that's where Will Hall was. Um, but anyway, so CUSA has six at this before any realignment. Um, CUSA has six R ones, which are USM, UTEP, FIU, UAB, North Texas, and Rice. Um, whereas the Sun Belt only has one, uh, Georgia State. Um, and then somebody has a couple R3s. I think uh, Troy and Louisiana Monroe for sure are R3s. And then maybe App State. Um, CUSA has two R3s, Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. Um, so you, and CUSA, I mean, the academics, I mean, if you're thinking of that, um, who you align your university with, um, I mean, that, that's kind of a picky thing. But uh, then the other the one I thought about was um, basketball, men's basketball, just a little bit. I mean, it, Yeah, just a little bit. Um, were the I mean both are one bit leagues, but um I was running the numbers uh, a couple of days ago and the Sun Belt um is a little bit behind um Conference USA men's basketball haven't had um Sun Belt hasn't had a quite the success especially in the um in the tournament you know, CSA actually had I mean what for the past uh, five years five of the past six years I think in terms of winning games in the tournament um so yeah the the academic thing and then uh, men's basketball a little bit stepped down but I mean that's I mean those are both pretty picky. You know, I, think, I think you have to be picky at this point to, because, I, I, again, I think it's a great situation uh, and a step up. But what I would say, positives for staying in Conference USA, I, you know, it's looking like you lose, um, you know, future games against Louisiana Tech and UAB. Those are really the first two that I think mm-hmm. of, Louisiana Tech, UAB, which have uh, – you know, been been really competitive, and um, you know, in this this last decade, uh, especially so. But um, you know, those are regional, um, you know, schools that that you've you've built somewhat of a rivalry with, and and I think I would I would miss that a little bit. And um, I, I'm, you know, I, I think if if they were telling the truth, their fan bases would probably say the same. Uh, <laughs> is you know, you 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 do lose uh, that game every year. Or those those games between UAB and La Tech, and um, uh, yeah, and so that I mean that's that's the first thing I think of, uh, and I mean mainly that's the only thing I can think of. I mean there there are not a ton of positives of staying in Conference USA, the leadership, and you know TV revenue, regional rivalries, lack of lack thereof, um, and I could keep going down the list. There's just there are too many negatives of staying in Conference USA, and so even though going to the Sun Belt is not it's not going to be a perfect situation. 
but it's going to be better than the conference conference USA, especially especially after all of this is said and done and these other shifts have been made, and it's it's even further weakened. Right, and you're talking about just. I mean, you're talking about saying conference USA would or playing UAB would be. Positive same conference USA. Well, I mean, I don't think UAB is going to be in conference USA. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> um, right. Now, as far as La Tech goes, I was, I have a, a post on uh, that I'll, whatever I'll tweet out if, if or when they announce this, and it's basically kind of talking about like scheduling changes if the Sun Belt move happens and Louisiana Tech. So I think the number I came up with, you've had eight Sun or eight Sun Belt opponents that have been scheduled. Um, in the last six years, counting that App State cancellation, because even though that wasn't played, that was scheduled. Um, so you're going to have to fill those games because those are going to be conference games now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the thing I thought, oh, well, you might play, be playing a lot tech a bunch in non-conference if they would be for that. I mean, who knows? They may sure. have some kind of weird grudge against us if we go to the Sun Belt. But um, I think that would be a, um, a logical non-conference game, Louisiana Tech. Maybe not every year, but um, pretty frequently, kind of like we do with – um, Troy now or someone like that, and then uh, you know I would like to continue playing UAB. Um, mm-hmm. I don't you know I don't know if they would have interest in this AAC schools kind of they kind of shun us as soon as they get to the AAC. Yeah, they turn their nose up at the guys they left behind. Yeah, is, but I mean yeah. you know they got the new stadium, very easy trip to Birmingham. Um, UAB would be a team that I would like to play. Um, you know kind of like a lot of tech, not every year, but um, you know pretty frequently to uh, fill in those gaps that right. the uh, Sun Belt uh, from losing those. Not conference games against Troy and South Allen, whoever. Yeah, first thought for negatives of the Sun Belt, I think there's still a perception that you know, and and I think it's it's founded on just a source of pride and and what the Sun Belt used to be, and that Conference USA used to be a, a far superior conference uh, competitively, and so I think the negatives of moving to the Sun Belt, you're probably going to get. A little bit of backlash from some of those old heads of you know oh we're you know it's 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 over we're moved to the Sun Belt and everybody's celebrating how far we've fallen and um, yeah to me that's the only negative is, is you do you probably get a little bit of that backlash um, but I, 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 hopefully those people would um, you know I I think if you look at it objectively it's a better move but. Um, yeah, and I don't think it's going to hurt you perception-wise either nationally to move to the Sun Belt. I, I think it helps you, honestly, um, to align yourselves with, you know, some of those top teams that have, have been so good in the Sun Belt, App State, Coastal Carolina, Lafayette. Well, the big thing, you're going to be on ESPN is what I'm <laughs> – Yes. You're going to actually be playing on, like, Thursday nights, kind of like we used I, mean, I was just watching what we talked about, Marshall, App State um, – it's a great atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's national perception. Just people will be able to watch your games. They don't have to get on Facebook or be in sports. How to watch stadium. Yeah. The gas station, you know, you go to gas station TV. You have to watch it there. So. Yeah, BN sports. What is BN sports? They have so the, uh, the the Google trends on that. I would love to see that on, on Southern Miss Plays. Yeah, they have the, like, the, um, what is the La Liga. Yeah. The Spanish right. uh, soccer right. league, so. So, uh, yeah, positives and negatives. Great question from Andrew. We got a, we got a lot. I'm trying to I'm trying to filter well, through okay. them. And what about this? About the um, time. the Sun Belt rival question from Chris. Who would be our? This is, it came in a little later. Okay. Who would be our Sun Belt rival? Um, 
well, I know we all hate South, but are they already big rivals? Already bigger rivals with Troy. I think South Alabama would be the. Um, I think that's the kind of the one you look at just because of the geographic thing, and I think especially in baseball that would be a huge, huge yes. rivalry. That's a really. You, I think that's already there. Yeah, but South I mean, Alabama. I mean, in baseball. Right, right, but I think when I mean midweek, the midweek, the stakes are only so high. Like if you lose a Tuesday. Sure. You can come back and all right, we just we swept a conference series. It's okay that we lost to South on a Tuesday or whatever. But there's or also vice that, versa. There's also that loose connection of you know guys that didn't get the Southern Miss offer and, and hate Southern Miss. Right, and, and right. Went to South Alabama and you know just, yeah. just want us <laughs> to burn down and all they want to do is beat us. And so, yeah, so that's already there with baseball. So I, I would right. agree. Uh, but I, I, I think you would take Alabama. it to a new new heights sure, on the sure, weekend. Sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. And it, you know, there's an argument to be made for Troy too. I think. Maybe Troy's trying to force that a little bit. Um, you've got the, the um, you know, former Southern Miss guys mm-hmm. in the athletic yep. administration there, Brent Jones, and um, I'm sure they would they would love to be rivals with Southern Miss. And I, I think right. you, I think a lot of people in the Sun Belt would just love you know to to have that kind of ri- that regional rivalry mm-hmm. with Southern Miss. And now, I think there's a lot of natural fits as far as that goes in competition. What I was going to say is Troy would be in the opposite division as us. They would yeah, be in the, right. so we would not play them every right. year um, unless it's a weird thing where they do go to fourteen and they add a bunch of East teams that mm-hmm. could move Troy over. Um, but it would only be half of the years. Um, South doesn't have. I mean, they don't have quite the fan base that like a Lafayette. I think a Lafayette could be a big robbery because they would be in the same division with us. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think just South as they continue to develop a program. But I think after that, mm-hmm. Lafayette would probably be second. Um, but that South Alabama baseball robbery, that is really something that um weekend uh, series that could uh, be. Yeah. I mean, it could be kind of like those USM Tulane series in mm-hmm. the um in the two thousands that were really big. So sure. that's kind of really something I'm eyeballing. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. All right, let's see. Will says, "What type of offense do you guys envision Hall building towards? Comparable teams, schemes, etc." I'll let you. Yeah, and he's he's talked about that a little bit um, unprompted. He he models his offenses uh, off of, you know, it's very NFL typical multiple look. Um, he's made the comparison to the New Orleans Saints and what Sean Payton has done there, but it's also it's very quarterback centric. He's he's that's another thing he's talked about, and so a lot of what he's going to do offensively is it's going to differ you know, depending on who is that quarterback. If you have a guy like Ty Keyes who can do a lot of things with his legs that, you know, maybe a lot of other pocket passer types couldn't do, then he's going to, you know, maybe you're going to see a lot more option looks and, and, you know, you're going to work a lot more outside the pocket to open some of those gaps in the middle up um, for uh, a guy like he's an athletic quarterback. But if you have a guy, you know, like a Nick Mullins, more of a pocket passer, then you know it'll be a little bit more compact, and you'll stay in the pocket. And um, but it, it, yeah, so just in general, NFL typical. You know, you think of the Saints, or, or maybe kind of a toned down Chiefs, one of the just a wide open NFL offense, which is a very complicated offense. Which is you know why a, a guy like Ty Keys, uh, you know, it, it's it's such a big deal uh, to have to throw him in because it's it is a very you know, there's so many different layers to that offense. And um, and so that's, that's you know, that's what he's building towards. And there's a lot of things that he, he's not able to do in year one because it is so complicated. Yeah, I don't have uh, much of an answer. <laughs> I think that answered it uh, pretty well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. 
We'll do a few more. Um, what is USM's peak? I, I'm kind of confused. What is USM's absolute peak as an athletic institution? I'm just curious. Or I guess we can't ask him. I don't know if he would get to it quick enough. Um, but as a, as as what is USM's absolute peak as an athletic institution? I don't know if he means like in the future or in the past. Um, I don't know. I guess we can, we'll go. We'll go past. Yeah, we'll go past. Uh, I would say either the 1981 uh, win. Or, sorry, 1982. 1981 mm-hmm. was a tie. 1982 win at Alabama, Bear Bryant's last game or Omaha. I would say one of those two. Yeah, Omaha was was my first thought. Um, you, could, you could go late 90s, early 2000s when when the you know the perception of Southern Miss being the giant killers and you know really thought of as as the top group of five team year in year out and. Um, I think it was 2001, your preseason top 20. And it's also before, you know, the big gap in perception uh, that was, you know, that exploded in the late 2000s with the SEC and just the Power Five in general. Um, and so that was, yeah, I, I think that was the best position um, that you've, you've been in uh, as an athletic institution uh, perception-wise and just the gap was not all that big. You were still getting a lot of those recruits um, that you're just not able to now because guys like that just don't, you know, consider group of five. They see that as a step down. Um, and you were also, yeah, you were nationally competitive. So uh, I, that would be my answer uh, if we're answering that correctly. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, if we were to go to the Sun Belt, uh, this question from Robert, if we were to go to the Sun Belt, what would the expectations would, should, in each sport for our first year? I mean, I think it's basically the same as – I mean, so our first year in the Sun Belt would be – you have to give a 15-month notice, so it wouldn't be until 2023. Mm-hmm. So I think, I mean, 2023, I think people at that point will expect Hall to compete for the conference. It, 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 I think people have been expecting, like, if we were still in conference, they would be competing for the conference. I think I don't think that changes yeah. really in the Sun Belt. Yeah. I think the expectation for baseball still to win the regular season. Um, I think the Sun Belt – I think the Sun Belt has a higher – maybe a higher ceiling than CUSA in baseball, but I still think the expectation – um, would be to win the regular season. I was running the numbers today. USM is pretty clearly, and just in terms of the four-year Massey averages, is, would have been or would be the best um, program over the last couple of years in baseball. Uh, and the Sun Belt, the South Bell, right behind, and then Coastal and Lafayette. Um, obviously, if you went back a little farther, Coastal would have everybody beat just because they won the national championship. But um, so yeah, and then basketball, I think. You know, who knows where the <laughs> who knows the basketball program is going to be. Wild card. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think this year will be big for basketball. If if you have a good year this year, you can kind of expect bigger things. But yes. I don't think the expectations really change, and if you go to the Sun Belt. Yep, I'm with you. And and just quick thought on on basketball. I started practice yesterday on Tuesday. I think that's right. Um, but we're, we will obviously talk more about basketball and. Um, preview the season and the expectations uh, which are heightened in year three under coach Ladner. He, he talked about that um, after practice yesterday. Um, and so, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. Uh, that's, that's all the questions we have time for, but we, I, I'm going to tweet out uh, or one of us will tweet out on the uh, buzzardry account. If you don't follow us on Twitter at, buzzardry pod be sure to follow us we'll tweet out our email and you can direct message us on twitter um, or just tweet at us if you have a a question or a comment um, or maybe a guest you'd like to see 
Um, yeah, just uh, get at us. We'd love to hear from you. And um, that is going to wrap it up for today. We are just about out of time. Anything yeah, else, uh, golf team, second place. Man, what a showing. What was the Old Town Collegiate, Old Town Road Collegiate? Yeah, no. Second place. <laughs> and uh, Wake Forest, year in, year, year yeah. out. That's one of the best golf programs in the country. Yeah, they were they were the host in the winter. They actually had their B team finish uh, top ten. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, they're one of the elite programs. But uh forgot who we beat. It was, SMU was one of them. Uh, SMU, ECU. Uh, let me pull up the, the uh, picture of the golf stat. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, Virginia Tech, Duke, yeah. SMU, Kansas State. Penn State. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, Rutgers. Not sure how good Rutgers is um, in <laughs> golf. And East Carolina finished last. So you- hate to see it. <laughs> so, yeah, man, fantastic. Uh, Hunter Atkins was on Eagle Hour last week. Yeah, I think I it was think on the same was, day that we were on. Uh, it was, so it was last week. Uh, that was a great interview. He's had a great year. Uh, yeah, so shout out to the men's golf team. They are they're playing well. A great showing in Winston-Salem. So that is going to just about wrap it up. This has been another episode of Buzzardry. Big one this weekend again. We will have uh, a breakdown and a review of that on Sunday live on Twitter. So be sure to tune in for that for Patrick McGee, my name is Ben Milam. This has been Buzzardry. Thanks for being with us. This has been Buzzardry. Thanks for listening. And be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzardry Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.